This is the second sermon in our series called Detox. And as we enter into the new year, we're entering into a season of fasting and prayer. Been gathering up here every morning at 6 a.m. Uh, since last Monday. In fact, we were up here at 6 a.m. this morning. This morning it was the polar bear prayer plunge. At, uh, a bunch of folks who showed up at 6 a.m. It was six degrees outside. Uh, but the band plays a couple of songs. We worship together. We have a theme prayer that's done by one of the staff. So far, we've prayed for our local churches, our schools, persecuted believers, unreached peoples, sick, the needy, and local government. And then after that, we just move into about 35, 40 minutes of personal prayer time. Uh, you're not put on the spot. We don't embarrass you in any way. It's just a great group of people getting together and spending time praying. So at 6 a.m., we've been focusing on prayer. And then also as part of this series, we've, uh, we're fasting. We are detoxing. Uh, detox is when you re- the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. And every one of us has toxic substances within us. And not just toxic substances in our body. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a three-part being. You have a, a material body that you got when you were conceived and born. You have an immaterial soul. Your intellect, emotion, will, your personality. So you have a material part and an immaterial part, body and soul. And then when you make a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus says you're born again. You are born spiritually. And so the third part of you, the spirit part of you, comes alive at that point. Now, if you've never trusted in Christ, the spirit part of you is not alive. In fact, that's why it's impossible for you to do spiritual things. It's impossible for you to have a relationship with God. It's impossible for you to live like you should. You can't understand spiritual things. You don't have the power to do spiritual things because one-third of you as a person is dead. That's why life is confusing. That's why it's hard for you. That's why we encourage you every time you come to put your trust in Jesus Christ because we want you to be whole, body, soul, and spirit. Now, even for those who've trusted in Christ, it's possible for toxins to build up in your body, soul, and spirit. And when that happens, you need to detox. Last week, we talked about detoxing your spirit. Because even though your spirit, because it comes from God, even though it's complete, it's perfect, it's righteous... In fact, that's why if you should die or if Jesus should come, come back, because of, the, the, of that spirit within you, that's what, that's what gets you into, into heaven, gets you into God's presence because of the blood of Jesus Christ and that it's, it's righteous. But, but we can still let things infect our spirit while we live down here. And so the Bible tells us we need to purify our spirit. We also need to detox our soul. And that's what we're talking about today is soul detox. Next week, it's body detox. Well, let's go to our theme verses found in 2 Corinthians 6. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And yoked together means I'm not going to live the same lifestyle. I'm not going to have the same habits. I'm not going to have the same actions and attitudes as as unbelievers. I'm not going to be closely connected with unbelievers. And 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 this verse means I'm not going to marry an unbeliever because that's the ultimate connection. The Bible says don't do that. And it, but it also goes deeper or broader than that, that we need to examine our closeness with worldly things. You know, we can't leave the world. We have to live in the world. But the detox issue is concerned about how much of the world is living in us. That's the question. 
Paul says, For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And Belial there is just an old Jewish name for the devil. The, the word actually means worthless. So what, what harmony is there between Christ and the worthless one? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? And here Paul is telling us that we are the temple of God. You know, people get all fussy about, about what happens in church buildings, especially if you come from a traditional church background. You know, you walk into a church, you lower your voice. You walk into a church, you take off your hat. You're going to walk into a church, you better dress up. You know, the, the, you know, there are things you don't bring into a church. And then the Bible throws this one on us. It says, if the church isn't holy, you are holy. It says, for we are the temple of the living God. If you wouldn't bring it into a church, why would you bring it into your life? Whatever you would or wouldn't do in a church, that's how you need to treat your own life because God dwells in you. If you're a believer, God dwells in you. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. God says that instead of you me, and you and me being close to the world, God wants us to be up close and personal with him. God wants to live with you and walk with you and talk with you and be part of your life. Therefore, come out from them. Come out from the unbelievers. Come out from those worldly connections and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing. Don't be touching toxic stuff. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so today, God, God is here. God, God is right up here. He is begging you for a closeness, for a connection with you. And many of you are saying, man, I want that. I want that too, God. But instead, I feel disconnected. You know, I may be religious, but there's an emptiness inside. There, there, there's a wall, a separation, there's a divide, there's distance between me and God. What do I have to do to get close to God? Paul says, since we have these promises, the promise that God will be close to us, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So we want to take some time to examine our body, soul, and spirit to see if I allowed any toxic thing in me that's keeping me from being close to God. And today we're looking at soul toxins, soul toxins. You know you need to do a soul detox if this, if this is your life verse. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? And we all know that, that when our soul gets messed up, everything gets messed up. And, but some of us think that's normal. We just think that's the way we have to live. But did you realize that you can get your soul, your, your intellect, emotions, will, and personality, you can get that in line with your spirit to the point that you live differently. You live the way God intended for you to live. Now, uh, th there are a lot of toxins that can come into our soul. Today, I'm just going to give you uh, four. And one of these may connect with you. If none of the four connect with you, uh, don't worry, because the detox part's the same for whatever the toxin is. So if you're struggling with something else, uh, we can help you. So what are the soul toxins? Well, probably the most common toxin is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, resentment 
over how someone else has treated me. It pollutes your soul. You know how when someone mistreats you, you think, man, I'm going to show them. I'm going to hold this hurt in my heart. I'm going to be mad at them. That'll teach them. And then you hold on to, to that resentment, and they move on, and you're just stuck holding toxic waste in your soul. Unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the person you hate dies from smoke inhalation. Okay? It doesn't work. Re- resentment destroys us, not the person that we're mad at. That's why the Bible says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And I love how the Bible pictures bitterness as a root. Because you, you know this, the sooner you get rid of a root, the easier it is. You know, when it's young and, and thin and, and, and vulnerable and you pull it out, man, you're done with it. You let it grow, it causes trouble and defiles many. And many of you have trouble in your life that is growing up out of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. And there may be trouble in your life, but you don't even realize that it's connected to your resentment. Because you can have the resentment over here, and you know how roots are. I mean, they go all over the place. So you got trouble over here. You don't even realize it's connected to this resentment. And the resentment may be as simple as, I'm right. I'm right. They're wrong. I want them to admit it. You start hanging on to that. It, It can create a toxin in your soul. You've got to be careful that you don't hold your anger and that you don't harbor your hurts, that you don't hang on to that resentment because it's, it's toxic to your soul. We've got to forgive those who, who've hurt us. We have to. And you may be tempted to say, that's not fair. That's not fair. They hurt me. I let them, I'm going to let them get off with it. That, 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 that's not fair. Believe me, you do not want to go down the avenue of fair. Because if we're going to live based on what's fair, every one of us needs to pay for our own sin. And the only way we can do that is by roasting in hell. So we don't want fair. Honestly, folks, we don't want justice. We want mercy. We want grace. We want forgiveness. And Jesus says, if you want forgiveness, you've got to give it. Because when you give forgiveness, it, it releases the toxins in your soul. Next toxin is comparison. Comparison. One of the most toxic things in our culture right now is the identity crisis that people have within themselves. Because we're not getting our identity from the one who made us. Instead, we're getting our identity from our culture. We're letting our culture define what love looks like, what sexuality looks like. There's confusion out there in the world. It's an identity crisis. We, we don't know who we are because we don't know who God is. So rather than being who God calls us to be, we settle for who we want to be or who the world wants us to be. Listen, this argument that it's just the way God made me doesn't wash. Because the Bible clearly tells us that every single one of us shows up in this world not the way God wants us to be. Every one of us shows up broken and wounded and damaged by sin. God doesn't want you to continue to be your broken, wounded, damaged, sinful self. 
God has a different plan for you than that. God wants you to set that old you aside and become like Jesus Christ. God's plan for you is to stop being toxic and start being like Christ. Look at this, Romans 8, 29. For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him should become like his son so that his son would be the first with many brothers. And so the goal is not for you to be just like you. The goal is not for you to be like someone else. The goal is for you to become like Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on Christ. He's the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. He's the one we're to pursue. He's the one we're to grow up in. He's the one we're to become like. Now here's the problem with comparison. Look what the Bible says about this. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy, bitter envy, I'm envious of somebody else. I see what they have and that's what I want. I compare myself to them. And selfish ambition, selfish ambition. I'm, I got to be me. I'm going to be the way I am. If, if you harbor those in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. But it is, say it with me, earthly unspiritual, demonic. I mean, is the Bible passive or passionate about this? It's pretty passionate. Why? For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You you find comparison, envy, selfish ambition. That's where you find a sick soul. And if there's a sick soul, there's going to be disorder and every evil practice. So I better be careful that I'm not looking around at other people. I'm not concerned myself with what other people think about me. Can't let them set my identity. And I'll tell you, during this season of prayer and fasting, one of the best detoxes you could do would be for the next six days to just stay off of social media. To just get off of social media and spend every minute you'd spend on social media, spend that time looking at God's word or what God says about you. And you'll come back in six days thinking better and feeling better. Because you'll be letting God show you who you are. He'll let God show you your true identity in Christ rather than the world trying to press you into its mold. I mean, you get on social media, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's willing to you know, post it on your wall or put it on your thread or dump it on you. And so you've got to decide who you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to God or are you going to listen to everybody else? And I'm making the decision I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to listen to the God who made me and loves me and saved me. God who's making me like Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop comparing myself. And I'll just warn you, especially you young people, I'll warn you right now, all this confusion about a person's identity out there, the only place you're going to find your identity is in Christ. You find your identity in Christ. And so you've got to be careful about letting the world or the culture identify you. Here's the next toxin. Anger. People today are just mad. They're upset. There's just a palpable anger in America today. I mean, you can just feel it. People are angry about the economy, angry at the government, angry about their schools, angry about their marriage, angry about their job. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? What's what's the cause of your anger? And you know what it is. I mean, that one's easy. It's her. It's him. It's my boss. It's my kid. It's my teacher. You know, it's never us. It's always somebody else. 
And then the Bible comes along and says, uh, no, it's you. It's you. What causes fights and quarrels? I mean, listen, the common denominator in every fight I've ever had, the common denominator in every fight is I was there. Okay? You know, that's, that's why the Bible says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You know, they come from the toxins in your soul. The root of all your anger can be summed up in this next sentence. He says, you desire but do not have. You want something and you don't get it and it makes you mad. It releases your anger. I had, I had a right to this lane and that guy cut in on me. I had a right to a good night's sleep and my neighbor's dog barked through it. I, I, I have a right to a good job and my boss just took it away from me. I want something and I don't get it. And so what do we do? Well, here's what most of us do. So you kill. I've never killed anybody. You're killing them with your words. You covet. But e even with your angry words and your coveting, you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. And then James gets right down to, to the real problem. He says the reason you didn't get what you want is because you didn't involve God in the process. You do not have because you do not ask God. You know that the sick soul is not the person who cut you off. The sick soul is not your spouse. The sick soul is not really in Washington, D.C. The sick soul is right in here. It's in you. Now, I'm going to help you out with that in just a minute, but I got more bad news for you. So let's look at the next one. One more soul toxin. There's good news coming. Hang on. Uh, this one is worry. Worry. And you can write down its cousin, fear. Worry. Fear. Worry is assuming a responsibility that God never intended for you to have. Worry tries to change the past and control the future, but all it does is pollute the present. You know, it, now, all of us worry, but if you don't do the right thing with your worry, then worry will pollute your soul. Worry will, will graduate into fear. It'll keep you up at night. Worry will wreck your life. Jesus says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And the key idea there is, is to your life, to, to this life. If you think everything is linked up in this life, if you have all your stock in this life, this life will mess you up. But if you're just passing through, you know, if you, you know, one glad morning, I'll fly away. Paul says, I'm an alien and a stranger. My citizenship is in heaven. If that's your outlook, there's nothing in this life that can destroy you. But so many times we lose that perspective and we, we focus on this life and we worry or we get afraid. There's a lot of fear out there and it pollutes our soul. So let's get to some, some soul detox. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart, out of your soul, spring all the issues of life. If your soul is toxic, it's going to affect every other area of your life. And that's why this is so critical. It's not critical to your salvation, because if you're trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your salvation is set. Your destiny in heaven is set. But, but if your soul becomes toxic, it affects every area of your life here. A polluted soul makes life hard. And so let me give you some ways here to detox your soul. First one may surprise you. It's right relationships. 
right relationships. Because whether you like it or not, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, God's solution for the toxic soul is not just for you and God to talk about it. God's solution, God's plan is for you to get up close to another person, to squad up with other people to where you can say, man, I'm about to do something crazy. And they can say, don't do it. Don't do it. And then they pray for you and you pray with them and then you're okay. That's a dynamic that we are committed to here as a church. That's why Rockbrook is a church of small groups, not a church with some small groups. That's, that's why we don't do a, a midweek service. Uh, you, you don't need to go to another, another church service. You, you, don't, you need to get some friends who love God and who love you where you can take off the mask and say, this, this is what's going on in my life. And if you'll find somebody like that, if you find someone that you can share your faults, your concerns, your worries with, and you pray for them and they pray for you, James 5 says you'll be healed. You'll be healed. And so the question is, do you have that in your life? Now, chances are you have the exact opposite of that in your life. You have a lot of people in your life who don't love God, who don't love you, who are speaking into your life all the time. And at this time of year, as you go back to school, as you get back into the the work cycle, one of the most important decisions you will make in your life, I don't care if you're 16 or 60, one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life is who do you hang out with, who your friends are. Because whether you're 16 or 60, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You are your friends, and so you've got to pick the right ones. Proverbs says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools winds up in jail. Winds up upside down in a car in a ditch. Foolish people are out there. They are waiting for you. They cannot wait for you to get back to school. They can't wait for you to get back to work. So they can plug into your life. And, and you've got to get the toxins out. And if you're going to do that, it's going to start with your relationships. You need to evaluate your relationships. And some of you need to break off some relationships to get those toxins out. You need to find somebody godly to speak into your life. Next, if you're going to get the toxins out, you need to get a God-defined identity. God made you. He alone can help you find out who you are. Do not trust your feelings. Please do not let your feelings determine your identity. Don't listen to culture. And please, please, please don't listen to Hollywood. You've got to let God define who you are. You have a God-defined identity. You have, you have someone God intended for you to be and something God intended for you to do. Uh, the Bible says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. Make a careful explanation to find out who you are and what, you, what you're supposed to do. And then sink yourself into that. Because part of the reason why why your soul is toxic and why we're letting other people define us is because we haven't let God define us. And if you don't let God define your identity, everybody else in the world has an identity they want to foist on you. And you can't let that happen. Don't be impressed with yourself. That's just the way I am. No, no, no. Don't compare yourself with other people. I'm going to be like everybody else. No. 
Sink yourself into becoming the person that God intended for you to be. And the person God intended for you to be is just like Jesus. So fix your eyes on Him. Grow up in Him. Become like Him. That's why I wish every one of you would just would get on the growth track. You know, one of the foundational verses of Rockbrook, a foundational verse of Christian life, Ephesians 4, 12, and 13. You want to know what the purpose of the church is? You want to know what your purpose is? Here it is. To equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's goal is not for you to be just the way you are. God's goal is not for you to be just like somebody else. God's goal is for you to become like Jesus Christ. God's goal for you is to get off the sidelines and get in the game and be who he made you to be. And the way we help you do that here is weekend services, small groups, growth track, and dream team. It's not just what we do as a church, it's who we are as a church. It's our God-defined identity. It'll take the toxin out of your soul. Next, this one's the hardest one. It's also the most productive one. And that's a crucified life. And I'm using some Bible terminology there, and I don't want you to misunderstand. You know, I'm not saying you need to kill yourself. Okay? Please understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that every day you need to identify the toxins in your life. And you need, you need to put them to death. You need to get rid of them. Paul said it this way in Galatians. In fact, this is where we get the terminology of a crucified life. It's from a word picture. It's from an illustration that Paul uses to describe this process. Look, look at the word picture here. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Well, Paul's alive I mean, he's writing this down. So we know he's not talking about killing the body. It's an imagery here. What's he talking about? Paul says, I'm going to identify the parts of me that aren't like Christ, and I'm going to get rid of them. My doubts, my negativity, my sin, my unforgiveness, comparison, anger, worry. I'm going to take out my toxins, and I'm going to put in Jesus Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so I live a crucified life. Every day I just ask myself, okay, what, what's the area? What's the attitude? What's the action? What's the habit? What, what needs to go so Jesus Christ can come more deeply into my life? Next, the last one, eternal perspective i got to have an eternal perspective. I think we live with an unrealistic expectation that life on this earth is going to make me happy. I mean, especially as Americans. I mean, it's in our founding documents. You know, we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and so we have this expectation. I think it's interesting that Jefferson wrote the pursuit of happiness. I mean, he, he just tells us there's no guarantee you're going to get it. But you, know, you ought to be able to pursue it. But the truth is, life, liberty, and happiness are found in Christ. They're found in Christ. And that's why you've got to live with an eternal perspective. I mean, if you're putting all your eggs in this earth basket, man, I feel sorry for you. 
Because pretty much everything today is a disappointment. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with our government. I'm disappointed with our schools. I'm disappointed with our culture. I'm disappointed with our churches. I'm disappointed. I'm not discouraged. There's a difference. And I'm not discouraged first because none of this has caught God by surprise. God predicted this decay, this course of events 2,000 years ago. You, know, you can read it in, in Romans chapter 1. You read through Romans 1 and you'll just see what's happened to our culture. And God, God knew this was coming. God's prepared for it. He has an answer. The answer is Jesus. Second, I'm not discouraged because this life is not my home. I'm not looking for, to find my happiness here. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm putting my eggs in God's basket, man. I'm wearing this life like a loose garment. And one of these days, maybe I'll just drop it and I'll be gone. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about that. The Bible says to encourage one another with those words. Some of your lives are toxic because you haven't done the reality of this next verse. Colossians 3 says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. If you've trusted in Christ, you've been raised with Christ. And some of you, that's not true for you. You haven't placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and so you need to do that. And some of you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but your soul is still toxic, and so you need to do the rest. Set your hearts on things above. Your heart, your soul, set it on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You do that, it'll, it'll detox your life. You do that, some earthly reality hits you in the gut, and pfft, thank God I'm going to heaven. It just changes your perspective. And we started the, the, this with, with this verse. We said, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? He goes on to say, fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. Yeah. So that's the question. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? i got these toxins in my soul. Well, I'm going to evaluate and change some of my relationships. Or, or I, I'm going to see, search out my God identity. Or I'm going to live a crucified life. I'm going to start finding stuff and getting it out of here. I'm going to focus on an eternal perspective. I encourage you, pick one. And live it out for the next six days. It'll detox your soul. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your wonderful plan for us that we don't have to stay the way we are. We can become like your glorious Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray that you would draw us in close, that we would recognize that as we place our faith and trust in Christ, we can have a new, abundant, eternal life. If you're here today and you've never made that decision, I would encourage you in this moment to just say, God, thank you for sending your Son to die for me. I want to be forgiven. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be on my way to heaven. And God promises that if you ask him, he'll make that a reality in your life. And maybe you're a believer and, and, and you're on your way to heaven, but life here just really hurts, just really stinks because of the toxin in your soul. God invites you to, to bring, bring your soul in line with your spirit. Bring your soul in line with his will and his word. And to get it purified and decontaminated and cleaned up and healthy so you can live in the freedom and the abundance that God wants you to live in. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.